The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Devin Sandiford. Devin is a writer and storyteller living in Brooklyn. Growing up, Devin's two best friends were twins, and their family welcomed him into their home as one of their own. When the twins' mom lost a battle with cancer, Devin deeply felt that loss and struggled with how to properly show his grief. Hey, Devin, how's it going? It's going good, Brian. Yeah, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you want to talk about? Uh, I mainly wanted to talk. I have uh, two really close friends that I've had from for a really long time. Um, I moved to California when I was little. I'm born in California, but okay. Um, we moved away to Florida, and when we moved back to California, I started in first grade, and I met these two um, twins. Obviously, t- there's two of them. They're twins. Yeah. Um, but we kind of just kicked it off. We had a lot of similar interests, and every single year I went to a pretty small school, so every single year um, we got closer and closer. We'd get like in trouble together, and it would just kind of be the three of us running around and. Um, every single year we just got closer and closer. So I think, um, there was a point where a lot of people would start to think that we were like siblings. Yeah. Like you were um, all, you're all, all around the same height. We all have dark skin. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we just hung around a lot and would like after school, we'd hang around because their, um, their mom worked at, uh, the ne- a nearby school and my dad worked at the school we went to. So a lot of days it would just be us hanging around after school, like getting into trouble and getting around the school just yeah for hours and hours and with no supervision so <laughs> i think we had a lot of fun doing that and over the years we would always just always we'd be around each other and i can remember probably like in 5th grade we got like no probably in 4th grade we got like super close um to the point where we would like go to each other's houses like pretty much they would come to my house or i would go to their house um but most of the time my house because i lived a little closer um, but in, in fifth grade, me and one of the brothers, we had class together and I can remember, uh, a time where we were like supposed to do like some video project. We were like watching a video in class and we're supposed to take notes. And we were like, if you supposedly, if you answered all the questions, you got like some treat, I think it was probably like something small and ridiculous, like a, a piece of candy or something. But we were like, Oh, like let's, we're going to work together. And like, we're going to get every single answer. We're going to get this. And like, we were like, working together in the back and it was supposed to be like an individual project and one of our other friends kind of just like ratted us out after we got the candy yeah and that kind of like bonded me and michael the one of the brothers really close because we were like oh man we had like this really good plan like why are you gonna rat us out over this candy and like we would like strategize to like get back at this girl and (laughs) and then from there in sixth grade um at our school we had band first thing in the morning and because my dad was a teacher and their mom worked nearby um we would get to school super early and we would just get together with like whoever was there and we'd play like this game where like there was this war and we'd just like go around the campus and join teams and like start beating up on people (laughs) sounds kind of gruesome now but like it was just yeah it was just like you were young kids who had both like this freedom of yeah we just had like an open school that we could just run around and hang out but you're also like yeah super close and spending all of this time together both before and after and during school yeah absolutely all throughout school and we would 
we would walk to the donut shop and grab donuts together back when like we could afford to buy donuts <laughs> because they were normally priced and not, yeah. not $6 for one. So um, we just got everything that we did, we did together. And um, because uh, my dad was a teacher in the high school, we often had times where people would walk up to like one of them and be like, like, where's your dad at? And they'd be like, they'd look at that person like kind of funny, like uh, my dad's probably at church, like their dad's a pastor. So they're like, why are you asking about my dad? And it would take like a second to realize that like, oh, like you think I'm Devin. Like, no, oh, I'm yeah. not. I'm not Devin. Like, <laughs> but most of the time we would just like let people think that who we were whatever and we just go along with it. So, yeah. So like not only, so everyone's sort of mistaking you for both. Yeah. Your sibling and like also that you, that they're you. Right. Yeah. And sometimes they would think we're triplets cause they're twins. Yeah. So it's like yeah. we're, three of us will walk around and you know, we're, like I said, we all have a similar skin color and like we went to a predominantly white and Asian school. So like oftentimes you can't, <laughs> yeah. I guess, tell the difference between different black people. So yeah, people, people aren't experiencing a lot of different <laughs> uh, diversity around their life where they're like, all right, this is, yep. All the, those kids that hang out together that are now related. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny. Cause I like, they have siblings already. Like, yes. Other siblings yeah, yeah, yeah. and I have siblings already. So it's like, don't you know, yeah, you both have your own families. Yeah, we but have separate you have families, almost like so. created your this new family with just like three of you and you, all the adventures that you're going on together. Yeah, and then like some point, uh, they had a friend that they had had since preschool, and we kind of bonded the four of us. And then we had another friend that came and joined in and in, in like sixth grade or seventh grade, I think. And it was like the five of us. And we always were just like around each other. We called ourselves like the fab five. <laughs> and we would do just like ridiculous things. Um, but I think as we got older and older, like we started to like really play into this, like looking alike type of thing and messing with people. Um, and we always just thought that that was hilarious. And we'd mess with like people that would come to the house and deliver packages and stuff like yeah. that. And, and I think it was it was always like one of the funniest things until like we we were playing football. And at my school, they didn't even have like real football. It was a private school, so they had flag football. Okay. Which everyone on the team was like, "Ah, oh, this is so dumb. Like, why don't we just have like real football?" But we all just played anyway because it was like you know, there's nothing yeah, else still happening. Something. And yeah. it's still you know, it's still fun to go out there. But there was this uh, game that we were playing and our moms apparently mixed us up. <laughs> and then we were like, oh, like not only is it like all the white people, but like our own parents now can't tell us apart. <laughs> yeah. So both like you're all very similar in both your appearance and also, the, yeah, I guess like your mannerisms and stuff are probably yeah. pretty similar if your parents are confusing the, the three of you. Yeah. Which, you know, wasn't as funny when they did it because it was like we now yeah. actually do look alike we can't like say like no like we don't like our own mothers who gave birth to us are now saying it so you know my mom had always treated them like they were her kids and their mom had always treated me like i was her kid you know so it was kind of special to have that moment like to be like oh like we're all one of sorts like a big one big family yeah you're like the super family and you also have this yeah that you have this little like break off of the three of you and yeah your parents and then like your own yeah so yeah it's just like you're all just kind of overlapping and existing and as one together right yeah exactly and the we're all like the youngest in our family so like okay you know um their brother and their sister are older and my my brother and my sister are older so i think it just became a thing where it was like you know i was welcome anytime 
they were going anywhere. They were welcome anytime we were going anywhere. And a lot of times we would just spend a lot of time doing things, even as we got older and older. Um, and, I, and that kind of kept up until like uh, college when they went away uh, to a school in Alabama. And I went to a school in, in California uh, a little bit, like maybe like not even an hour from my house, 30 minutes or so. So we, you know, we still kept in contact and talked to each other t- all the time. Whenever they would come back, we would get together and, and hang out. And it was just like as if we everything was still the same. Yeah, like those old times. Yeah. So like these were like, you know, the few friends that were consistent all the way from like. Yeah, because you said what? Age six. Yeah. To, you know, still to this day. Um, we're like really close. And at some point, they, uh, one of them moved back after college. So we would like hang out and, you know, get back into doing things. And and then it was like kind of my turn to leave. My wife was going to be going to graduate school out in Maryland and uh, we were going to be moving and we didn't know like, you know, if we'd be coming back or how long. So I left to Maryland and I didn't see them as much, but we definitely still talk like regularly on the phone. And like every once in a while I would see them, like they would come out to Maryland where I was and we'd hang out. They'd have like work there and they just like randomly come or like they'd come and visit um which was always like fun to just like get back and be like you know these are my boys that i've known since i'm i'm really little yeah and you're still like keeping in touch even though you're on different sides of the country you're still like keeping in touch when you're yeah uh, between the times that you're actually seeing each other yeah and I, I didn't have a lot of people that i knew in maryland so it was like these were still like the people that i would consider yeah my this friends. connection to yeah. both your yeah yeah like close people and also your childhood and things like that yeah so then um, we moved back to California after six years in Maryland, uh, after having two boys, and I moved back to California just for a year, and it was like every single weekend we would try and get together, or every single, like throughout the week, we'd try and meet at the at the park just to like chat and talk or whatever. Um, the, four, the five of us, the, the big group of us, and then sometimes it would just be like one or two of us, but we'd try and get together a lot. Yeah. Um, but I knew that I wasn't going to be staying in California. We had left all our stuff in storage and we were like trying to decide me and my wife where we were going to live. We had checked some places out in, in LA and San Francisco, but we, we really just wanted to like live in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, but since we were from a small town in California, we, uh, we were kind of just like nervous that like, you know, it's a a much bigger city and we're not really from the city. So we took like a year to make the decision and then we finally were like, no, like if it doesn't work, we can just move. Like, let's just try it. You know, it's not that big of a, (laughs) not that big of a deal. Um, and then the, right when I was about to leave California, um, my friend, uh, he called me or he texted me, I think, and just let me know that his mom had been diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Oh man. So the one from the twin, like the twins. Yeah. Yeah. The twins mom. And, it was, I want to say it was like really short. I was about to, like, I want to say it was like a week before I was going to leave. Um, and it was like a thing that was very clearly like, oh, like, like I have to go over and, and sit over there and like say hi and bye. And actually had me and my wife and two sons had already, had already stopped by and were like, just like saying our a normal farewell. Yeah. But this was like a different. Yeah, this added. Yeah. An added like you know, I don't know what's going to happen type of thing. And I went over there and it was just me and her actually. And she welcomed me in and she had, 
she was already kind of, I think she had already started chemo or if not, she was like very fatigued. Um, but she like still welcomed me in. She got me like a plate of food and she like sat with me for like an hour and a half, just me and her. And we'd talk for like the whole time about the move and about, you know, why I'm doing it and like about the boys and. Yeah. So she's asking you all kind of all about you and your life in this moment where like she has this big thing going on and she's still being this like pretty selfless woman at this point in time. Absolutely. Yeah. And it just felt like it was kind of uh, a really good feeling to know that it's like, you know, she obviously has a relationship with me through her, her sons, but like me and her actually also have a relationship that she sees me as an individual and not just as one of them. So, yeah. Was that sort of the first time? Cause you know, as a kid, you're just like another kid, but like, yeah, you as an adult, was it sort of the first time that you could tell that she saw you as like an adult instead of just, yeah. This, yeah. I this think kid it w- who was friends with your, her sons. Absolutely. Yeah. She, I mean, she was always really good at like welcoming people in and making them feel like they belonged. But like, that was the first moment where I think it clicked in my mind that it was like, uh, I'm somebody yeah, in her she life. She sees me. Yeah. She sees me as more than just like an extension or like a friend of her, yeah. her kids, which felt good to like have that moment with her. And then I, I moved out here and things were going okay. Like she's going through the different chemos and I would check in with um, my friends and see how she was doing. And anytime I would come back, I would try and visit. Um, but most of the time she'd be like, you know, in the middle of doing chemo or like really exhausted. And I, I want to say I only went back once or twice and it was for work down in um, San Diego, which is like an hour, probably like an hour and a half still away from, from where I, where she lives. And I didn't really get a chance to like get out there again. And her over the three years that I've been here, she just like started getting worse and worse. And yeah. Um, until uh, one morning she just, she passed away and I think it was really tough that I was over here because all throughout the process of like her being in the hospital, all the rest of my friends, like the, the group of us, the four others, um, were there in the hospital with her regularly and would sit and chat. And, you know, I'd text my parents to check in and go on my behalf, but it was really hard that I was like over here and didn't have a chance to go, um, and do that like for myself. Yeah. So, um, when I went back for the funeral service, I went to, I flew back and the same the same night as her, she had three services, uh, like back to back to back days. Oh, okay. Um, so like the first service was at the church that the dad pastors, their dad pastors. And I got there, I went straight from the airport and I was like kind of tired because it was, uh, I want to say it was like a 9 p.m. I, I want to say that service probably started at 8, but like it started late. And I was coming from here and I hadn't slept really much the night before. So I was like already New York time. So I was really tired. Um, So I I didn't really take in too much of the service itself. And it was like a lot of people going up to to talk that were like church members and people that I didn't really know. Yeah, it didn't. it, It Both the combination of you still kind of like being a little bit of like dazed in the travel and, yeah. and catching up and the fact that. It was it wasn't as intimate of this moment because it was yeah people you don't exactly know yeah, and it, it didn't absolutely. feel as real as yeah. it probably was at that point right it was like yeah no not at all I didn't even see so like the five of us I saw obviously the, the my twin my twin friends but I didn't see the other two friends and I was like 
oh, that's weird. Like, oh, it's just like a big old church thing, whatnot. But when it came time to go down and like say condolences to the family, I felt myself starting to get like pretty emotional. And in my head, I was like, I have to like fight this off. Um, yeah. And it was, it was, it wasn't a thing like uh, I'm a man, like let me be tough. <laughs> um, that's just not me. But um, it was more of a thing like I have to like support them and their family is very strong. Like all of them, even her, like they would be the ones that would like something's going wrong, but they don't necessarily show it as much. So I felt like I needed to like, you know, it's their mom that passed away. Like I got to be there to like hold them up and like support them the best way I can. Yeah. Like you don't want to show a weakness in this moment because yeah, they're being so strong and you don't like, you almost feel weird being weak in that. Yeah. Scenario, right? like, you know, it's their mom. Like it's, yeah. Like why if, should if I, if anyone's be... crying, it yeah. should be them. If anyone's like really getting hit by them, it it, it should be them. Like I yeah, didn't which... feel <laughs> yeah, authorized, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. 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 Which right is like, that's is. such a, like, I think that's so, uh, such a real thing with grief though. Right. Where you're like, Oh, this is what the rule, like, this, yeah. I've, like, made up these rules in my head of what this is, yeah. and, like, I'm not allowed to respond this way. Yeah, like, it'll absolutely. Be, yeah, it'll be disrespectful if I respond disrespectful, this way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so as I'm, like, walking closer and closer to the front, and uh, I'm, like, trying to fight it off more and more, and then I, the last people in front of me clear, and I see, like, her, it's an open casket, and it kind of just hit me in that moment like this is the first time i'm seeing her since i left california and i really just started to like lose it and like the tears started to come down and but it was like my turn to like go give yeah, them like, my pay your respects yeah, pay my respects and i go to hug their dad and i can see like in his eye that he's like he's not really wanting to be in the space that i'm in like He's the head, the senior pastor of the church. Yeah, he has that. It's that. It's that thing where he has his own obligation yeah. of like, I have to show that I'm strong in this moment. Again, this weird grief that like grief rules, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's interesting to see that he would have that too. But like, yeah, he's a human, and like, yeah, he's the senior pastor of the church, and like, there's a whole line of people behind me. Yeah, so that like, he has to like he has to thank to every keep, single yeah, person for yeah, coming yeah, yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that moment. And I felt uh, as I pulled away from the hug. Uh, I felt like so shameful for having like caused this uncomfortableness for him or like, yeah, to make things harder for him, to I make guess, it right? harder for him. Yeah. yeah. And from that moment on, like, so they have an older brother, older sister, and then the two of them. So I'm walking down the line and I can't say I don't have any words for any of them. I'm just like, yeah, upset at myself, but also sad. So I like just hug each of them and don't say anything. And like when I get to my friends, they're like holding me up, which made me feel even worse again for for all the same reasons that like I, I was supposed to be there to like hold them up. And here I am like they're holding me up like. Yeah. So I like after I passed the last brother, I just like uh, I got to move on, like move down this line. Yeah, like, I got I to gotta, like... I gotta get back to a seat where I'm like in safety and like <laughs> yeah so i like quickly rush through and just like give my condolences or whatever i can do to like get by and i feel a tap on my shoulder and it's one their other friend that they've had since preschool and i hadn't seen him so it like kind of caught me off guard and he like pulled me in for like a hug and just like everything that i had been holding back just like all the tears just came out right in that moment and i was like crying on his shoulder and we sat down and it felt good to release for a second 
and but at the same time I was like telling myself like I don't want to be in this situation again where it's like everyone's holding me up um yeah just it's like guilt of like this doesn't feel like I'm a la- I, I I'm not the most important person in this story I guess right like yeah that thing that you tell yourself of like yeah I'm not allowed to feel this because these other people it's worse for them right and I think I had one of my friends had told a story about like the night before she passed yeah there was like a group of them there and like she was actually doing okay like there was no like oh this is the end today like today and the people left to like go for the night and you know do everything that everyone needs to do and they got the text in the morning so everyone like rushed back and she had already passed away when most of them got back but that there was one lady there who was like who had been there throughout her being in the hospital but was like not family family yeah as much but she was like going hysterical and like saying why why and like going on and on and i think um just hearing that story and how it was like kind of off-putting for not my friends my friends the twins didn't tell me this directly but like our other friends were like ah she just seemed like she was like she seemed like she was performing as opposed to like actually in the moment yeah um so I, I, yeah so I, I, you didn't want that i didn't want that to you, be me they, yeah you didn't want them to perceive you the same way they're like perceiving this woman yeah um but then like me and my friend who had come to hug me like we started joking about like you know, the, the service, like everybody that had gone up had like commented about Mark, Mark, one of my friends who's a pastor, just like his dad. And they were like, everything was about him. And like, oh, and they forgot that either they forgot or they didn't mention Michael at all. Yeah. And we were just like, it was just hilarious that like they basically <laughs> erased him from the family. So yeah. we were laughing and I, I felt a little better when we were like joking. Um, but I like made like this kind of like a promise to myself because the at the memorial service, I was the three of us, other than the twins, were going to be each doing a tribute. And I kind of made a promise to myself at that moment that I was going to, like, not get that emotional. Like, I was going to hold it together. Yeah. And, like, say what I needed to say but not get down there. So, and I told that to, like, a couple of friends and they were, like, kind of laughing at me. Like, yeah, good try. Like, if you're going to, you know, if you're <laughs> going to fight it off, like, I bet you're going to be crying even more. So, like. Yeah, like, they just know you well enough to know, like, you're not, you can't pull this off. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't even know why you're trying to, like, fight it off. Like, it's just going to make it worse. Yeah. But I was like, uh, it's like, a, it's 90 seconds. Like, that's all they were giving everybody. Yeah, so you just have to kind of, like, stand up, give this 90 minute, a uh, 90 second, 90 minute, that would be a long time. <laughs> yeah. uh, just this quick, like, 90 second, like, little. Little tribute. Yeah, where, you know, tribute. And, and yeah, yeah. I was like, I had a plan. It was, like, very simple. I was like, I'm going to keep it light i'm gonna tell the funny story about the football day when you know my our parents their mom confused us and i'll talk about what she meant to me and i'll mention about that last day that i saw her and how she was so welcoming and when i got on the stage i was like okay i can do this and I, i went up there and i only had one moment where it kind of started to feel emotional and i said that she treated me like one of her own and i kind of like my voice kind of wavered there and i was like no in my head i'm like no pull it together pull it together pull it together and i did and i got off we all gave our tributes and i got off and i was like oh at first i gave like a exhale but then like as soon as i did that then i was like it felt even worse than the original shame because it it felt like i didn't give 
Yeah, you were the full of how she impacted my life. I just rushed through and I didn't like say. Yeah, you were so focused on like getting through the story and not losing it that you felt like you didn't give it the proper weight. Yeah, that I didn't. It meant to you. Right. I didn't give it the weight and I actually didn't even get to talk about the last time I saw her. And I wanted to really say that like I don't remember the first time I met her. I was like probably six or seven years old, but I remember the last time I saw her. And, like, the impact that she has on me still to this day. Yeah. And the one thing that I would take from her more than anything is how she makes everyone feel like they belong. And I wanted to, like, say that. But at the same time, I wanted to rush through. And I felt like I missed that moment. So it kind of felt really awful once again. And I think the part that after the fact when I got back to Brooklyn and I was sitting in my home that really hit and I was like kind of crying as I was eating a late night dinner by myself my everybody was asleep and I was like like I just ruined from my in my mind I ruined every single part of this like first I was crying and I didn't want to then I didn't want to cry and I and I did I did and you want probably to. should have like yeah, should something have. Like, yeah this weird like again you're going into like this is what this is what should have happened like right, making up these rules and yeah. and expectations I guess right and yeah. yeah that's and putting it all on yourself putting it all on myself and i i think what was the reason that i kept on blaming myself and being so hard on myself is that like i was over here and i missed all three of those years and i thought like you know being hard on myself or like even saying to myself like saying these words and really capturing her impact would like put more of her like it would be my farewell to her and really, there's like not going to be a farewell that you can do in a day. Yeah. If you've been gone for three years or, or period, like there's not like a like, OK, I did it. Like now it's all good. Like that's not a thing, you know? It's yeah. Like, yeah. You're never going to have I mean, even with people you're close to and you're seeing all the time, it's like you're never going to have that like perfect goodbye. Right. Or like in even that scenario, I, I know you didn't get like a specific goodbye. And but it, it's almost like there. it's nice that. In that scenario, like your last memory together is such an impactful moment for you, right? Like, right, yeah. It, it and it seems, I mean, just from hearing you talk about this family as a whole, and just her as a whole, like they that they're such strong, caring people. Yeah, absolutely. And like even her, right, where it's like she had this big your last conversation where she, she has this big uh, fight she's got to start. Yeah. And the whole time she's like asking about you and caring about you. Right. And I don't know. It's just like it's 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 got to be comforting in that way. Like as as much as it's sad to to lose that person, it's like comforting to know how. Yeah. You got to feel like a part of this other family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was. Yeah. That last moment, I think, if not for that, I would probably you know, be really hard on myself. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Cause that's the, yeah, that's the other yeah. thing I'm like getting out of this is like, yeah, you're it's, it's that idea of like, I, th- these are the rules and this is how I'm supposed to act. And if I'm not doing this, then it's my fault. Right. Where yeah. it's like, obviously. And I, 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 like, as you mentioned, like everyone had those rules that they're giving themselves, like Absolutely. the dad and the sons, like, which I, you know, they've probably at that point had been dealing with the, a lot more, you know, yeah, everything leading day. up to it and the day. Yeah. And the yeah. few days that right after it. And yeah, it's, it's just funny how everyone puts these specific things on themselves of how they're supposed to act in these scenarios that there's like not really any rules to right, act. In. Absolutely. And I, and I think 
it was good to see too, um, like the other services. So like the burial was very intimate, like family and close friends. And then he, the dad, the pastor, he did allow himself to like have those moments, which I think was comforting for me because it, it felt like I missed, you know, all of that. And a lot of those moments probably came when he was in his room, but to like get to see that. Yeah. Like, to feel like you were a part of him grieving a little bit and a part of him grieving. And like, um, I think there was something he said to me when we had lunch after the burial that I think what was hitting him was that he, the pretty much exactly what I saw in him when we were at that first service, that he felt so burdened that he had to carry this as the senior pastor. And like that the church members are going to be like missing of this woman in their church. But the part that really struck him, obviously, was that he had been married to her for so long and being the husband in this dynamic was really hard, obviously, is really hard. Um, yeah, like he had to play two roles in that scenario. Yeah. And yeah, it was like so much more work to have to the the public version of that person that he had to be was like made the private version so much harder because, yeah, yeah, he wanted to feel in that scenario. Uh, yeah. And I think that was also allowed me to um, be a little kinder to myself to know that like he's you know having those like the same yeah, things you talked about that yeah and he's grappling with supposed the same, to be doing this yeah the same types of stuff that you're dealing with right yeah yeah, yeah man that's t- God that stuff is and yeah like I've had I've lost people and yeah there's that that protocol right like I remember when my when my dad's mom died, I remember it being, you know, this, she was a part of my childhood. Like I'd see her multiple times a year and, and very much like a part of my life. Uh, but I didn't feel as like, I wasn't crying. Like I didn't, it was sad, but I didn't have that. Like, Oh, I have this emotional reaction to this. And I do remember that like my dad talked at the funeral and when he started crying, that's when I started crying. Like that was yeah. the thing that I was like, it, it clicked. And I was, I think I was in college when this happened and it was just like, uh, yeah, the fact that like it hit me that he had lost his mom. Right. And like, yeah. yes, this person was still an important person to me, but knowing how important she was to him. Yeah. And then like how that affected me. Like it's. Yeah. Seeing that moment where he's crying because he lost his mom. Like where, you know, yeah. if I, you had lost one of your parents, you'd be. Yeah. That feeling moment. that same thing. And yeah. it's like, but I guess that's the other part of this is like that. Even though this person was not your parent, like obviously the thing you've been saying over this whole story is how much of a parent she was to you, even if she was not this like biological parent and yeah, and how you spent so much of your life. Yeah, like with this person. Absolutely. And I I think that's a, another thing where it's like feeling the pain that I, my friends are feeling. Yeah. You know, their mom is gone. And having those moments where it really hits that like gone is gone. And like the person's spirit is like absent from everything in your, you know, you think about the times where it's like I would normally call them in this moment or. Yeah. I, so I th- think a lot about how they're doing and like how to address them. And, you know, the same things that we talk about when it was the services is like, you know, what would be the good thing to do in this moment? You know, I would want to just like call them and be like, check in, talk like we would, 
but then there's always these thoughts about you know what you're supposed to do and like how how are you going to be most helpful um which is tough so yeah like do you feel like your relationship with them has changed since this has happened in a way like maybe not changed because it seemed like you're obviously close and have continued to stay close but yeah is there like do you almost feel like there's this different level of almost like understanding with them a little bit i think there's this like understanding that comes with like grief and loss as you're yeah losing people that are close to you and like that every moment is a little i don't know more real um to not really waste those moments i guess yeah as felt like our our friendship has taken the next level and that when we talk i think we we still joke around and say like silly things but like a lot of the times the conversations will be like heartfelt things where it's like i'm actually getting emotionally moved um and still joking but yeah yeah the, like there's moments. that extra like appreciation that is existing in your head i guess of like having these people in your life in a way absolutely yeah yeah, yeah that's a, i mean yeah and i i like that idea of putting that all on yourself of being like oh i wasn't there when this was happening and yeah. just like having to kind of like yeah choose this dream of like oh i wanted to see what new york was like and not putting that on yourself of like oh i missed out on this yeah especially when it's like something that where you make a choice like it wasn't yeah. like something that was yeah, like yeah, required yeah. so but I, I think like recognizing that and remembering that it was a choice and like obviously you miss those moments but at the same time it's they know that yeah. we're still close and when we go when i go back or if they come over here like we pick up right where we left off and we still talk on the phone so i think those moments are like you know we're still close so yeah i, I think it's okay but definitely when anything big happens it feels like uh just missed life um and it's hard yeah yeah well i mean i'm glad you're doing it seems like you're enjoying brooklyn at least like oh the, yeah. Yeah. yeah i love brooklyn <laughs> so that's good yeah i feel like there's that's i'm glad it was a good move yes despite absolutely. the tough parts of it uh cool well yeah thanks so much for sharing all this yeah thank you for having me um yeah if people want to like follow you on social media or anything like that do you have to you want to plug anything uh i think the most uh active i am on social media is probably instagram yeah and it's just devin sandiford devin with an a um and i think all the other ones i have tried to keep up with but have done a very poor job at so yeah i've just kind of given up on all the other <laughs> ones <laughs> cool well yeah thank you so much again for sharing your story thanks for having me brian this is how we love this is how we fight for something that's right love hurts is produced hosted and edited by brian berlin Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Twitter and Instagram at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts. Love Hurts.